0: Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast, George Norrie with you. Dr. Don Simborg with us, a retired physician and former faculty member at both the John Hopkins and the University of California, San Francisco Schools of Medicine. He is a founding member of the American College of Medical informatics and the founder of two electronic medical records companies and currently consults with high-tech medical information companies as well. His book is called, What Comes After Homo Sapiens? And doctor, welcome to the program. Thank you, glad to be here. I'm looking forward to this and this this book does make one think, doesn't it?
1: Well, that's what I was hoping.
0: (laughs) Right before us came, what was it, Cro-Magnon Man?
1: No, Cro Magnum Man is really another Homo sapiens. Uh, what came before us was a different kind of human uh, that uh, evolved in Africa. We're not exactly sure which of the many fossils uh, was our immediate pre- predecessor, but it was probably Homo erectus or Homo heidelbergensis. So there were a number of candidates to be our immediate. Uh, predecessor in the human line and they, were, they all they all were in Africa
0: during this this evolutionary stage of humankind what over the years and over the you know thousands and thousands of years what causes that evolutionary change
1: well historically uh, we've had life on earth for maybe three and a half and billion years. And we've evolved from very primitive bacteria all the way through many, many species. And the driving force that most scientists accept today is what we call Darwinian natural selection. So Charles Darwin, of course, uh, published this theory back in the uh, 1800s. And basically what Darwin said was that something changes about a species over time. Now, at that point in time, when he wrote the book, he didn't know anything about genetics or what really caused these changes, but he did observe that species each change from, you know, over hundreds and thousands of years. And what he also uh, hypothesized was that that change interacts with the environment there is something in the environment, in fact there's many things in the environment, that would make some changes allow that species to thrive better. And really to thrive better really means to have more children, to be able to Mm -hmm. live long enough to have offspring or to have more offspring. So he called this natural selection by the environment. A lot of people use the term survival of the fittest to describe this, but that's really kind of a misnover. All that fittest means is that you live long enough to have children, or many children. So some of the changes, we now know those changes are changes in our genes. And those changes, by and large, happen randomly. There's two kinds of mechanisms that change the genes of any species, including our own. One is just random mutations, just things happen randomly, genes change, and most of those changes don't do anything. Some of them are not good changes. In fact, they make the individual less capable to survive in hmm. their environment. But occasionally, there's a change that's good, that somehow makes you stronger or more capable of coping with the weather or with predators or with infections or with the diet source or whatever it is. And it's those good changes that ultimately select out groups of species or individuals and species, and they ultimately thrive better and become other species. So that's really how evolution has occurred up until now.
0: Don, there is a theory, there's a theory that the humankind was genetically altered by extraterrestrials, that they came to this planet a long time ago, whatever species might have been here, they genetically altered them, and here we are. Possible? What do you think?
1: I think that's bunk. I don't I don't believe a word of it. I don't think there's any evidence for it. Uh, I think we have plenty of evidence to show that we actually evolved, we humans, used to be part of the great apes or Mm -hmm. a member of the great apes. And we had a common ancestor about five and a half million years ago with the chimpanzees and bonobos, which are also a form of chimpanzee. And about five and a half uh, million years ago, we started to diverge from them and ultimately went through a lot of other pre-human species and about 2 million years ago developed into the first humans. Not Homo sapiens, but the first humans. So I I think there's a lot of evidence uh, in the fossil record and the genomic record that supports that method. I don't think there's any evidence about this alien theory.
0: Is is it safe to assume that the evolutionary process that got us to where we are right now is is a good thing? That the higher we evolve, the more uh, perfect we become as a species.
1: No, I don't. I wouldn't say that. Uh, I I think uh, there's a lot you could say that we are not the most successful species on Earth. Bacteria are. If you want to count success by the number or the biomass, we're not even the most successful mammal. There are a lot more rats, a lot more bats, a lot Mm -hmm. more antelopes, and so on. Now, the one thing you can say is, as far as we know, in fact, I think it's pretty likely, we're the most intelligent, uh, and we're the ones capable of making the greatest changes in the environment. But by and large, uh, if you read some of the scholars who've looked at uh, evolution, uh, we are sort of an accident. We've only been here, Homo sapiens have only been here 300,000 years. That's nothing compared to four point billion years. And chances are, we aren't going to be here that much longer, evolutionarily speaking. So it's hard to argue that there's something about the evolution that was ordained to make us somehow very superior, even though in, intelligent-wise, we are.
0: In this evolutionary process, is it a slow change, or all of a sudden do we have the next species
1: there? Yeah. The, the, the slow suddenly, does a mother give birth to a new species? Exactly. No. Okay. Uh, Evolutionary change is very gradual. Many, many, many genetic changes occur over hundreds, thousands, even millions of years before the species or that group of individuals differs so much that they no longer can breed with the group of individuals from which they emerge. Ah. So it takes a long time.
0: And, and this change happens then so gradually that I would guess that the only way you could see the difference would be to physically compare it to what was there, let's say, 100,000 years before. You, you, you don't see it uh, on, on this gradual basis do you?
1: That's correct. You, you wouldn't notice it. Uh, in fact, no species was sentient enough, smart enough, aware enough to, to even possibly notice it. Now, that's going to change, by the way. And one of the hypotheses of my book is that we are going to be the first species ever to know that a new species has emerged.
0: Will, will we witness it?
1: Yes, we will witness it. That's my theory. Now, uh, I just have to say this is speculation based on science. That is, this is not science fiction. What I've done uh, in creating this book is I first went through what we've been talking about. How did we get here? How do any species get here, and particularly how did humans get here? And then really researched, what are the things going forward? Will it be the same as it's been for all these millions of years? Or is something going to be dramatically different? And in my view, it has to be dramatically different.
0: Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.